Greetings, glorious humans, gentle ladies, lab men, ladies and gentlemen, dreamers and dreams of like, and welcome to the Fortcast. I am not your host, JM, in case you couldn't already tell. Um, JM and I were just in Boston for PAX East, and um, unfortunately, JM uh, tested positive for coronavirus, which sucks. Um, and he's not feeling well, so hopefully... Uh, He'll get better soon, and uh, I'm going to be flying solo here. A few people on the trip have tested positive now. I took a test yesterday and was negative, but uh, still going to be, you know, hanging out inside my house and taking some tests later and making sure everything is is all good. Um, we were going to do a sort of recap, just kind of talk about what happened at PAX and kind of our memories and our first show back in a while. Uh, <laughs> and unfortunately, it ended with this uh, this big old shitty thing. Um, hopefully everyone gets alright and nobody else tests positive, but anyway, it's just gonna be me kind of talking about the past weekend and PAX, and, uh, we're gonna move past the COVID thing, because a lot of good things did happen. It was a really good show, uh, despite that, you know, th that ending, uh, <laughs> anyway, so yes, PAX East 2022, it was, uh, my first show. Uh, in two years, uh, two years ago, Hacks East 2020 was the last one I did before the whole world shut down. I think there have been a couple here or there um, in Europe. I know WASD happened, but I was not there. So this was my first one back, and for a lot of the kind of Devolver Road crew, as we call ourselves, it was our first one back. So we were kind of nervous, uh, you know, how it would go <laughs> since it had been so long, but everything went really well. Uh, it was a Pretty good show, and it was a. Uh, I mean, it was good to be back. It was good to see people. That is my favorite thing about doing shows in general is just getting to hang out with uh, some of my fellow coworkers and meeting some devs and just meeting people that I don't see outside of shows. Uh, a lot of people at Devolver, we don't you know we don't live in the same city, so we might communicate you know, through emails or through calls or video calls or whatever, but it's just good to, you know, hang out with a person. So that was wonderful. There was a lot of people there that were, that I'd been looking forward to seeing. Uh, so it was great. Um, but I guess, I don't know. <laughs> when it's just me, there's no structure. I'm just going to be ranting to myself. <laughs> but uh, let's see. The So the show, let's talk about the show itself first, I guess, before I kind of go into different things like that. We were uh, showing off, ooh, how many get Five games? We had uh, Cult of the Lamb, Terra Nil, Trek to Yomi, McPixel 3, and Demon Throttle. And people seem to like all of them, really. Uh, Cult of the Lamb kind of being the sort of, I guess, I don't know if a surprise hit is the right word, but definitely more popular than I anticipated. The line for it would get capped basically within an hour of the show opening, and people were waiting like three to four hours just to play the demo, which is insane. <laughs> and I don't think it's worth it. I'd never wait four hours in line to play a demo of a game. But hey, if uh, that's your bag, good for you. So if anybody was there and they didn't get a chance to play it because of these long wait times, I do apologize. That always that always sucks, especially if you, you, know, you think you're early enough and you're not. But anyway, that was really good. It went over really well, and it was on a big... Uh, LED wall. We always have these. We always have the kiosks playing, demoing the games, and then a giant 
uh, basically like a giant screen in the back playing something, and Cult of the Lamb was back there, so a lot of people saw it and asked about it, and were asking questions and seemed really, really interested, so that's great. Um, Trek to Yomi was another really popular one. A lot of people were really into that. Uh, that one didn't have quite as long of a line, but definitely at times was getting people checking it out. Um, and it's a very visually striking game if you've ever seen any of the gameplay trailers or anything like that. It, it, it has that appeal of just catching your eye, you know what I mean? Uh, you pass by it and you think, what the hell is this? It looks cool. And um, I will say, Trek to Yomi is... I mean, it's it's not like Dark Souls levels of hard, but it's a difficult game. And the combat, I think, can kind of be deceptive. If you watch it, it looks fairly simple. Um, but it's it's difficult to master. And it was kind of funny, because watching people play it, a lot of people were struggling a lot. And I thought, oh, I didn't really guess this game. Like, I thought the game was kind of hard, but I never really had that big of a problem with it. But there were some people just really, really struggling to get past the first couple areas, which was interesting, but they did seem to like it, despite it. They kind of like, you know, some people kind of like that difficulty in being able to really master a combat system. Um, there's this one kid, good God, he had to be like six years old or something, and he was dressed as Luigi, and <laughs> he was walking around with his mom, and he came up to the booth. He's like, is there a line for Trek to Yomi? And I think at that time there was only just one person playing it, so I said, "Oh, as soon as he's done, go on." He's like, "Okay." So he stands by there. His mom is just watching. Guy gets off. This little kid, little Luigi, gets on, and just kicks so much ass. <laughs> like is is the best person I've ever seen play Trek to Yomi ever. And I saw people struggling with that game, and he was just fucking blowing through it, mastering parries, doing counterattacks. And a lot of us at the kind of at the front were watching him just <laughs> almost with like our mouths agape, like, oh my god. And his mom just said, Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> so that was really, really funny. Um so little Luigi, uh shout out to you. That was very fun. Um, let's see what else. Oh, Terra Nil. Uh so Terra Nil, I I was nervous about how Terra Nil would go over. Um, not because it's a bad game, far from it, just because of the kind of game that it is, and I don't really think those do that well um, in, like, a show setting. Uh, but Terra Nil is a sort of reverse city builder, so instead of building your your kind of city, your sort of tycoon-style things, you're going to a wasteland, and you have to reclaim the ecosystem, uh, you know, by creating natural energy and planting greenery and things like that. Um, but plays a lot more like a puzzle game. It's more subdued, more quiet. Which is why I didn't think it was the right kind of energy for it. But people were into it. Uh, the people who liked it seemed to really like it and were sitting there playing it. And there was one person who just kept coming back and coming back and coming back. So that's really cool. Um, and uh, on the on the subject of Terra Nilso, we always have a bunch of free uh, like swag for some of the games. You know, buttons, cards. Uh, we had some temporary tattoos. Just Just stuff like that. You know, so people can take something away, like, oh, what was this game? I want the title of it, or I want something from it. Terra Nil, I thought, was really cool, because we had these cards, um, slightly larger than a business card, but they had, you know, the name of the game, some artwork on it, and link to all the info, and all, all that stuff that you'd expect. But the card itself was made from recycled materials, and actually had seeds pressed into the card. So if you if you were to hold it and you were to rub your fingers through it, you'd feel these little bumps. And those were those are seeds. So you could actually plant the card, and it would grow, which is really 
I, I think it's really neat and you know, obviously ties into what the game is all about. And anybody who seemed to pass by and pick one up seemed to really be into that idea as well, which is really cool. Um, I love that. Uh, for I'll, I talked about Trek Tiomi, but on the same subject, we had these really cool postcards, sort of like fake postcards from Japan with some Trek Tiomi art that people really like too. Those were neat. Um, let's see, moving on. Ah, McPixel 3, the hit sequel to McPixel. <laughs> um, that one went over really well as well. I think mainly just because of how absolutely wacky and zany it is and just so funny. And I think a lot of people stopped to watch it just because it didn't really seem to make any sense and there was no <laughs> rhyme or reason. And of course, Sauce was there the entire time. I'm going to talk about the people on the trip later on after I'm done with the games, but he was there the whole time kind of showing it off and He's just wonderful and, you know, brought in the energy that matched McPixel 3. Uh, we had snap bracelets. We were bringing back the 90s with these McPixel snap bracelets, and those were <laughs> those were fun to, uh, to mess with people. We'd pretend to drop things, and people would pick them up and try and hand them to us, and when they'd try and hand them to us, we'd snap a McPixel bracelet on them. Uh, guerrilla marketing, if you will. <laughs> um, and then let's see, last but not least, Demon Throttle. Demon Throttle is... I, I love Demon Throttle. I played a hell out of it. Uh, and it's just really fun. Like, if you're into retro, kind of bullet hell style games, it's it's really good. And it was cool to see people sit there and play it. And some people got pretty far. I'd glance up and there were some people on the, um, I guess, the final... Well, the one of the, like, end bosses. And, uh, yeah, just putting their time into it. And that game, of course, is a physical-only game. So I'm sure some people... We're excited to be able to try it out, because you can't, like, download a demo or anything of that nature. And we had exclusive alternate covers for the physical release uh, at PAX East um, that were signed by all three of the devs. So anybody who pre-ordered the game, you know, they'd come up, they'd show their receipt, and they'd get one of those alternate covers. And there were plenty of people who, after playing it or just seeing it, pre-ordered it right then and there, so they could get the alternate cover. Which is awesome, and I hope that it does not disappoint anybody who pre-ordered it. I don't think it will, because it's great. But that was great. Um, those guys were there as well, Doink Soft Boys. Let's see, I think that's all the games on the show floor itself. We also had a merch booth selling some some t-shirts. Uh, we had a... Every every show, we try and do a a new Devolver shirt themed to whatever city we're in. Uh, so, for example, one year at PAX East, we had, like, a Red Sox t-shirt, obviously from the Boston Red Sox. Um, Seattle, one year, we did one that was the troll, kind of the bridge troll, um, one that was the Space Needle, things like that. This year, we had a Devolver shirt with a lobster on it, sort of like a lobster bake. Uh, it turned out pretty neat. I, I liked it. It's cool. It's on, like, a dark purple which is my favorite color, and not many shirts are printed on dark purple, so I, I, I like that. We had some Cult of the Lamb shirts that sold like fucking hotcakes. People were going nuts for those, excuse me. And then uh, some beanies, we had a Cult of the Lamb beanie, some Gungeon beanies, some of our older um, kind of swag we had there. Oh yeah, we had last, well not last year's, last times whenever it was Boston shirt, which was a Dunkin' Donuts themed one, because when in Boston. Um... <laughs> Uh, Enter the Gungeon soundtrack on vinyl was there, which is really, really beautiful. It's a pop-up book also, which uh, I don't know why, but I'm all into that. 
And then uh, I think we sold some games, too. We had a couple physical copies of games, some of, like, the, the back catalog. Gungeon, Downwell. I, I don't remember exactly, but... Anyway, it, that was great, too. People seemed to like our stuff and like the games and play it, and it was good to be back. Uh, four days is still way too damn long for a PAX, but <laughs> it was a good time. It was a really good time. Now, uh, I, I think... Those are the games, Those are, or that's the games itself. Um, the people, my favorite part of a show. So, uh, I, I, as I'll say, so for developer side, we had Sauce um, of McPixel and about a hundred other games. He was on the show, uh, I'd say a few weeks back, we got to talk with him, so it was actually nice to be able to meet him, put a face to a name, and man, what a... What a wonderful human being. Such a delight. So, like, just wonderful energy and just so funny. My God, I laughed so damn hard. <laughs> just about everything that guy said. He was so, so wonderful. And just when he was at the floor, so for those who have never been to a PAX or not familiar, sometimes, or this is how we do it anyway, we'll have the developers sort of hang out by their games, and then if anybody is playing them or has any questions, they can kind of talk to them or walk them through it. And he was there just, like, matching the energy of McPixel, which I did not think possible, but he <laughs> he was doing it, and it was great. And I think that maybe, like, a lot of people who were playing the demo, that really brought up their excitement more than it would have been, just having him kind of there really, like, matching the energy of the game, which is already batshit crazy. Um, so that was great, and we got to make him eat way too much food, <laughs> him being uh, Eastern European and saying, welcome to America, boy, eat all this food. Uh, but he loved it. <laughs> um, and then the other developers we had were the Doinksoft guys, uh, Cullen Dwyer, Britt Brady, and Joseph Bourgeois, who uh, Joseph celebrated a birthday while we were there, so that was great. Happy belated birthday to him. Um, they were there for Demon Throttle, and uh, yeah, same kind of concept. They're just hanging out. That since there were three of them, though, they were you know able to alternate around, uh, doing different demos and things like that, and being able to uh, get people to interested in the game. Uh, and they were awesome guys. I'd met them multiple, multiple times before. Um, they had made Gato Roboto previously. Uh, for anyone who is unaware, so I don't remember the first time I met them, what show it was at, but it was something where Gato was going on and. Since then, kind of seen him just about everywhere. <laughs> Almost at every show, it's one of those times where they're like, oh, they're just there, but but that's great. They're, they're such fun people and really positive people, and it was cool to just just hang out with them as a group and got, a couple, got to spend some time one-on-one -on -one with a few of them, uh, having some drinks and just chilling and just kind of shooting the shit. Cullen and I spent some time talking about our favorite Harmony Korean films, which I'm always down to do. Uh, Britt and I bonded over our love of sort of 90s guitar music, Guided by Voices, Sonic Youth, Dinosaur Jr. That was <laughs> that was also a really good time. And let's see, who else? Uh, so from the Devolver side, obviously JM was there, which is awesome. It's, it's, it's weird because since taking on this podcast, I talk to him basically every week. I mean, we talk more than every week because we, you know, we'll play games together or just kind of outside of work or whatever. But it was good to be able to see 
him <laughs> and actually hang out and he's looking great he's doing great well probably not right now he's probably puking his guts out so i'm so sorry jm but <laughs> it was good to hang out um uh we oh my favorite person from devolver anna was there i got to see her i have not seen her since la i do not recall if she was at the last boston show but it's been over two years and uh she's my favorite person one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, actually, so that was just great to be able to hang out and give her a hug and just chill. Um, the two other sort of road crew regulars, uh, JR and Kate, the sort of unsung heroes of <laughs> of PAX. Uh, JR has never been on the show, and I, I believe Kate was at one point, like a long time ago, but I'm not sure. But anyway, so... For those who don't know, JR is kind of the booth, the main guy who designs the booth, so if you were there, you saw any of the, how it all looked, or you saw any pictures, or how cool some of the kiosks were, the Terra Nil one being covered in, like, greenery, and the Trek Tiomi one having a sort of mini, uh, what are those things called, like a pagoda, like those Japanese kind of temple things, having that over top, but anyway, all of that is because of him, he's the one who makes all of that happen and designs all of that. So it wouldn't our booth would not look badass without JR. So thanks to him, shout out to him, that was awesome. And then Kate, of course. <laughs> Kate keeps everybody happy. Make sure we all get like really good food and meet at the best places and whenever we wanna everybody's down to party, even though we've been there all day demoing games and we're all tired but we all want to get together and hang out like make sure that everybody's having a good time and we're at the right place and everyone's happy and everybody has what they need uh sort of like one of the unsung heroes the ship would not run very smoothly uh without her so shout out to both of them and it was good to uh to see them both to have them both there jr actually at one point snuck off to go see the darkness <laughs> which I'm, in retrospect, really wishing I went as well, because that would have been kind of awesome. I think it was like a last-minute thing, just, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the concert tonight. Oh, what concert? I'm seeing the darkness. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so that was neat. Um, <laughs> I'm just breezing through here. This podcast is weird to do by yourself. I'm sitting here talking to myself, trying to fill up time, and there's no banter, and I, I can't really talk about Elden Ring, because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played it as much as JM. Um, let's see, who else was there? Ah, Mr. Vieco. Vieco was there, uh, and also Eli. They handle some of the websites for Devolver, or, well, not some of them, they handle all of them, of course. Uh, it was good to see them. Vieco has been at a couple of shows, but Eli, I think this was actually my first time meeting him, so that was really cool. Um, really great guy, um, and it was just, yeah, it was good to, um, meet new, yeah, so new people. Uh, Eli and then Josh. Uh, who I think he's been on this show, I don't remember. I met him once, very, very briefly, at some other packs. I don't recall which one, but he had worked previously on a trailer for The Messenger, um, kind of as a contract worker. He wasn't an actual Devolver employee at the time, but he had done work on The Messenger trailer. He stopped by, said hello, um, kind of introduced himself. So I, I met him then, but it was very, very briefly, but... I would say this is the first time actually genuinely meeting him and a very sweet individual. Like, I loves video games, man. Like, as an art form, I'd say. Like, definitely one of the people who respects games as art more so than 
shit, man. I think anybody I've ever met. So it was really cool to meet him and just talk about video games. Like, not Devolver video games. We did that a little bit. But just games in general. Um, I'm, my, <laughs> my brain is semi-fried, so I'm trying to go back and think of any specific conversations. But I, I'm, I'm drawing blanks here. But um, So yeah, I'd say Josh and Eli, too. Like, new face, new-ish faces, anyway, for me at least, to be able to see and hang out with was was great. Uh, yeah. I mean, if I'm forgetting anybody, I truly am sorry. I don't think I am, but I might be. It's just, shows are, it's sort of weird, because like when you think about it, it's only, well, I'm there for, what is it, six days, I think? So the show itself is four days. You The day before the show, we are there all day doing setup. And then the last day is teardown, so usually everybody flies out a day, like, usually everybody flies out two days before the actual show starts, and then one day after ending, so all in all, it's about six days. So slightly less than a week, but they're draining, man. They're tiring. Uh, you get very little sleep, drink too much, um, <laughs> you know, just hanging out with people. I think we're we're all excited to see people again, so, you know, you're willing to sacrifice that little bit of... Uh, your own mental health of, of good sleep to, uh, just to see some people. But yeah, I, um, it was, it was a good time. Genuinely, it was a good time. Got some really good food. I love seafood, um, personally, so I, I always love coming to Boston, specifically for <laughs> getting good seafood. It's always nice when you get to go into a bar uh, whether it be a fancy bar or like just some kind of dive bar and I can order raw oysters and not have to worry about <laughs> whether that's a good idea or not. We had um, had plenty of seafood there uh, at our, our hotel bar. So yes, actually, well, this, I guess this will be my next round of shout outs is just some of the other people that made all the wonderful things happen. We always stay at Name Redacted, which is... Uh, a fabulous hotel if you ever find yourself in Boston. They're wonderful people. They're really great. And the, I think it, I, you know what? I don't recall what it's called, but there's a bar just right in the hotel. So all of the wait staff there accommodating our goofy, tired, sleep deprived asses, just being wonderful. Uh, specifically a woman there named Jen, I think was her name. She was on top of it. Uh, there's also a bartender there who was a big Doinksoft fan, which was kind of funny. Um, one of the guys, Brit, was wearing a Doink Soft jacket, uh, and said, and <laughs> he was telling me this story after the fact, but this bartender said, oh, are you work for Doink Soft? It's like, God, you're about to, it's like one of my favorite games, man, and <laughs> Brit saying, that's the first time anybody's ever, like, recognized him, you know, so that was really cool. He was a really nice guy, and just obviously a big fan of those games, and just some Devolver games in general, so that was great. Um... All the glorious restaurants we went to as well. We went to a place called the Barking Crab. We go to it every year. Like, you, that's your, like, proper harbor seafood place, you know, getting your crabs and lobsters and cracking it all open and smashing shit with hammers to get the crab meat out. I, oh, man, I think personally ate, like, maybe four or five pounds of just <laughs> shellfish. Uh, but it was great. There was one crab claw that I broke like three, no, two, sorry, two crackers on because it was so tough. We had to take it to the back. They had to crack it open. It was wonderful. Um, then there's a lovely Italian place, uh, Cantina Italiana. Uh, we went there 
we've been there previous years. If, if Usually if we go to a place and we really like it and they're really good to us, then we try and make it a habit of returning. So this one was no exception. Some wonderful Italian food. I got a pesto, uh, kind of pesto pasta, which was very nice. That particular night happened to unfortunately fall right after the previous seafood night. So I think, <laughs> I think a lot of people weren't really hungry to stuff their faces with fuck tons of Italian food. <laughs> um, but it was very nice, very good food. And they're very, very hospitable. They're very friendly. Uh, and it was, it was just great. And those are the two that stick out mainly in my mind. I think where, I don't remember where else we went because I am so tired and I'm doing this by myself. And I have no partner to bounce off of. So, yeah. I just remembered uh, one of the things at the show. How did I forget this at the start? See, this is this is the problem. I, I needed a structure. I need, a, <laughs> I need something. Um, so, Jared from, you know, uh, from Nereal. We had him on the show uh, a few episodes back. He was there. So, it was lovely to meet him. And uh, he was out there representing Card Shark. I, I forgot this because we didn't actually have a station demoing Card Shark. Um, we had a, we actually hired this magician to come out for a couple of days, and it was really cool. So we had he was sort of doing some tricks, and then there was a little iPad playing just sort of video of Card Shark, and he was doing uh, card tricks, but more so. Um, I get I guess the proper term would be Card Shark. Honestly, I don't really know, but. One's where it's more about deck manipulation, and so he would do this sort of thing where he would kind of do do a trick and then show you sort of how part of it's done, sort of like a saying, oh, you know, I'm doing a thing where I'm not dealing the top card, but you don't notice it, and then would flip the top card face up, so he says, now if you see this, you can tell I'm not dealing the top card, but it doesn't look like it, so sort of a... Um, I guess kind of like a pen and Teller thing where you're explaining part of the trick on how it's done, but then in the end would just end up doing a completely different trick that you didn't know. So even though he kind of told you some of it, the entire time there's another thing going on that you had no idea about. And it was very cool. Uh, it was actually really neat to see. It was a very nice... He was a very nice man, and it was cool to see some magic tricks. Uh, and, and, you know, a little bit of card shark representation. Because that game's really cool. It's really pretty. It's got a really neat art style to it. Um, but yeah, I, I cannot believe I completely forgot that. I'm just, whenever this episode goes out, I'm going to just be kicking myself, because I know there's going to be, it's like, I should have talked about this, and I should have talked about this, and I should have talked about this. So, I don't know, maybe this will be a part one or something, and hopefully JM will be feeling better next week, and he can fill in all of <laughs> the things I forgot. Because, uh, kind of going last minute, flying by the seat of my pants, thinking about what was happening. Next time I'm on by myself, I promise to have more of a structure, so uh, this is a, I believe this is what they would call a filler episode. Uh, we did have intentions to do something while we were there, because uh, there was no episode last week, which is kind of why, even though this is a bit of a, a bit of like, let's be honest, this is a bit of a filler episode, that we wanted to get something out, because we, we had intentions to maybe do and record some things at PAX and some things going on, but just, you get so busy just with everything going on that by the time you do have any free time, you want to spend it with the people that you don't really get to see that much, you know, uh, the people that I was talking about earlier. So, you know, and, and it's also hard to 
ask anybody to try and work after all of that. Like nobody wants to do anything and we all just are tired and we know we got to do it the next day. And then when it's done, you know, you got to fly out. Uh, so apologies for that, but I don't know, maybe sometime in the future we'll do something kind of live from a show. Well, not live, but recorded live at the show. But, um, this is my really terrible, uh, <laughs> last minute solo filler episode. <laughs> I apologize. I, I am going to apologize right out the gate because I know this is not the best. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunate that kind of at the very end of this entire thing, uh, it kind of went to shit and I think we're at four or five people who've gotten COVID now, so I'm obviously going to be keeping myself in line. I feel fine. My voice is a little fucked, but that could also be a result of just, you know, talking too much and talking very loud at people. But uh, let's wish JM a, uh, a speedy recovery so he can jump back on here and, you know, we can do this again. Maybe next week we will actually just do the exact same thing I did, but we'll have banter so it'll be a lot more fun and funnier because despite my very monotone description of <laughs> nearly everything... Uh, it was a wonderful time, despite the, despite everything. I I had a, a fantastic time, and I I was so glad to see everybody and get to see them again. And it was almost as if n the last two years didn't happen. Because uh, for me personally, anyway, this is always a big part of my life. And my actual job at Devolver was coming out to these shows every couple of months and seeing the people. So it was weird going back, but as soon as I was there, uh, it was as if nothing happened as if uh, we never left. Everything looked the same, and uh, it was a great time. And it was good to see everyone. I miss them already. And um, if anybody who listens ever, like, comes to a show or anything like that, please, like, come up and say hi. Like, we're always there at the booth. So just, and we love meeting people, meeting just anybody, all kinds of people. So just please stop by and say hi. Like, we would love to meet you. Um, yeah. And, uh, I guess that's it. You can follow us on Twitter at devolverdigital.com. See, this is the part that JM always does, and I'm really fucking bad at, so I'm going to try. So we're on Twitter. We're on Twitch, Devolver... DevolverDigital.tv something? Oh, oh, man, I am so bad. I'm going to go look at the actual things. Twitch.tv slash DevolverDigital. <laughs> I am so bad at this. I'm so sorry. I don't do any of the social media things, so I got to I gotta look it up. But yes, we're at DevolverDigital on Twitter. Twitch.tv slash DevolverDigital. We are on Discord. Uh, there's a forecast of... What what do you call them? Subthread thing. See, I'm so bad at this on Discord. So come chat in there. Talk to us. Um, we're on TikTok. I am told. I do not know jack shit about that. Uh, is that it? Are we on anything else? I don't remember. We're not on MySpace. That much I know because I make that joke every time, and it's still not funny. But I will continue to make it. But anyway, yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, this little, very brief me ranting about things that happened at PAX, and um, it's unfortunate. I hope everyone gets well soon, and next week, 
we will do something else. Wow.